Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. The Old Testament book of Jeremiah and Jeremiah and chapter number 23. Jeremiah and chapter number 23. We're now in the last part of a series that we had been working through dealing with the Holy Scriptures. And in this series, we've been taking some time, a lot of time to take apart the doctrine of Bibliology, the study of the Holy Scriptures themselves. And we always work this way that we go from the theology to the practicality. And so we talked about the theology, we talked about the nuts and bolts, we talked about uh, the power of God's Word, the inspiration of God's Word, the preservation of God's Word, the inerrancy of God's word. And now in the last remaining messages, we're going to make the application of all of this. Because of the understanding of God's word, what areas and how do we apply our understanding that the Bible indeed is God's word? And we're going to start with the idea of biblical preaching tonight. And we find our way to the book of Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter number 23. And if you don't mind, notice with me in verse number 9. Jeremiah chapter 23, starting at verse 9. The word of God says this. My heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine hath overcome because of the Lord, because of the words of his holiness. For the land is full of adulterers. For because of the swearing of the land mourneth, the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. And their course is evil, and their force is not right. For both prophet and priest are profane. Yea, in my house I have found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Wherefore their way shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. For they shall be driven on and fall therein. For I will bring evil upon them even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied in Baal and caused my people Israel to err. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers that none doth return from his wickedness. And they are all of them unto me as Sodom and their inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, behold I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart. 
and not out of the mouth of the Lord. They say still unto them that despise me, the Lord hath said, ye shall have peace. And they say every one that walketh after the imagination of their own heart, no evil shall come upon you. For who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord and hath perceived and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he hath executed, until he hath performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days ye shall consider it perfectly." I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? I have heard what the prophet said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream, and he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat? Is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, He saith, Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. And when this people, or the prophet, or a priest, shall ask thee, saying, What is the burden of the Lord? Thou shalt then say unto them, What burden? I will forsake you, saith the Lord. And as for the prophet and the priest and the people that shall say, The burden of the Lord, I will even punish that man in his house. Thus shall ye say every one to his neighbor and every one to his brother, What hath the Lord answered? And what hath the Lord spoken? And the burden of the Lord shall ye mention no more, for every man's word shall be his burden. For ye have perverted the words of the living God, of the Lord of hosts, our God. Thus shalt thou say to the prophet, What hath the Lord answered thee? And what hath the Lord spoken? 
But since you say the burden of the Lord, therefore thus saith the Lord, because you say this word, the burden of the Lord, I have sent unto you, saying, Ye shall not say the burden of the Lord. Therefore, behold, I, even I, will utterly forget you, and I will forsake you, and the city that I gave you and your fathers, and cast you out of my presence. And I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you, and a perpetual shame, which shall not be forgotten. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, will you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Jeremiah chapter 23? The book of Jeremiah chapter number 23, and notice at the end of verse number 9. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 9. Notice the end of the phrase there, the end of the verse, where it speaks about the words of His holiness. The words of His holiness. And with the Lord's help, we want to preach a message about the words of his holiness. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. A God who loves us so very much and a God who's given us your word. I'm so thankful that we can look at your word, study your word, preach your word, proclaim your word, and we can trust your word. I'm asking that you would help us to be people of the book and people that anticipate to see what you have to say concerning everything. That it's your Bible that's the end all be all. It's your Bible that settles it all. And that we would be people of the book. Again, I dare not trust my own. So the best I know, I surrender myself to you now. Fill me with your precious spirit. You do a work tonight through your precious word. Open it up. Let your Holy Spirit reign true. Please weave my words into something that makes sense, something that's understandable, and something that we can get from your word. Again, I put my dependence on you now. You do your own work in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 23, in the first part of the chapter, uh, which we did not cover right, um, in this segment here, it's talking about the pastors, specifically the false pastors of the people, the people that are leading the sheep astray. And then as it continues on the thought, starting in verse number nine to the end of the chapter, it begins to talk about the problem with their preaching of these false pastors. Now remember, as we've been talking about God's word and seeing the power of God's word and seeing that God's word will get its own work accomplished, knowing that God's word is not written by man, but God gave his word and God promised to preserve his word and that it is without error that it is accurate. It's exactly what God wanted to get accomplished. We understand with this there is a power in God's word and there is a responsibility to preach God's word and not what I want to preach. Because it's God's word that will get a work accomplished. It is God's word that God's people need. And so if you don't mind, as we examine this, as the prophet Jeremiah is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in fact, preaching to these false prophets, he is condemning them for their lack of using God's word. And we want to study this. Now, why is this so important? Because there is no uh, better 
simile, no better examination of American Christianity than what is found in the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah is just like looking at the Christianity we have today. That today's Christianity is just garbage. It draws people away. And we see this. So as we're studying the book of Jeremiah chapter 23, we are also studying the state of current affairs in American Christianity and determining and evaluating and discerning what is the difference between biblical preaching and biblical Christianity and what is done in the rest of the country. The first thing I'd like to show you, if you don't mind, is the problem with their preaching. The problem with their preaching. Notice if you don't mind as we jump right into it. Notice with me in verses 13 and 14. Jeremiah 23 verses 13 and 14. It says, I have seen the folly of the prophets of Samaria. They have prophesied in Baal. This is a false god. So the people of Samaria had been preaching about a false god and caused my people Israel to err. All right. So that's what's happening in the neighboring country. What about Judah? What about the southern kingdom? I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. Now I pause there. When God is saying, I've seen the preachers of Jerusalem do a horrible thing, it should cause you to pay attention. There's something to this. If God is calling something horrible and he's pointing it out, it's something that needs to be marked. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery. And walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers. That none doeth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom. And the inhabitants thereof of Gomorrah. What is the problem of the preaching of Jeremiah's day? Well most of the preachers have immoral lifestyles. They live in immorality. They live in sin. They live in lies. They live lives that are not worth reproducing. And as they have these lives, they dare to approach God's people with God's word or without God's word and try to tell God's people what they should do. But they're full of lies. They're full of deceits. They're full of immorality. How many times do we hear today of some American preacher who gets in trouble with his secretary, gets in trouble with, with uh, someone else, gets in problem with finances, has immoral lives, is going to jail because of some immoral act? Unfortunately, it's commonplace now, just like it was commonplace back then. And that's the very first problem, that before they even open their mouths, they don't have a life that is following after God. They don't have the influence of conduct to be able to reproduce. They start off, what's the problem with their preaching? They have immoral lifestyles themselves. How can they correct someone else's behavior when their behavior is worse? As we go on, what else do we see about this? It says in verse 16. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not to the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. So God said, don't listen to those other preachers. Why? They make you vain. That word vain means to be empty. Notice this. Why? They speak a vision of their own heart. And not out of the mouth of the Lord. Now that's pretty important here. God says, you want to know what one of the differences between the false preachers 
and biblical preachers. The false preachers preach a message from their own heart. I've got something that God's laid on my heart. Well, can we be honest? We don't want to hear what's on your heart. We need to hear from the word of God. We need to hear what thus saith the Lord said. We need to be very careful. Why? The Bible says earlier in the book of Jeremiah that the heart is wicked. Desperately wicked. It is deceitful. Who can know it? I can't trust my heart. and I can't trust someone else's heart. You know what we can trust? God's word. We can always trust God's word. Notice verse 17 as he continues with that thought. They say unto them that despise me. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. But again in verse number 16. They speak from their own heart. What happens when they speak from their own heart? They make you vain. That makes you empty. God's word fills us up. When we hear some thought, something on someone's heart. It may be a good thought, may be a bad thought, but it's not going to help them. It's God's word that people need to hear. Notice in verse 17 now, it says, they say still unto them that despise me. So notice this, they, the first they there is the false prophets. They say still unto them that despise them. So who's the audience? The false preachers are preaching to those that despise or hate God. What do they say to those that despise and hate God? The Lord hath said, ye shall have peace. And they say to everyone that walketh after the imagination of their own heart. By the way, every time you see that phrase in the Bible, it means that they're doing something wrong. They're following what they want to do. They're following what they feel like doing rather than following God. And notice what those preachers talk to those people about. No evil shall come upon you. So again, who the audience they have are people that hate God. And they go to the people that hate God and say, listen here, God loves you. God is love. You're fine. And so they come in, get a nice pat in the head, and they walk out just the same thinking they're all right with God. That is awful. It is horrible. It is wicked. Now, we do know that God loves everyone. In fact, I find it a humorous thing. Normally, those preachers would say, God is love. And by the way, God is love. God is love. And then I say, all right, where's that found in the Bible? What chapter? What book? Um, God is love. That's good. By the way, it's 1 John chapter 4. They should know where it is. But they like to talk about God's love, but they leave out all the other attributes of God, like God's holiness, God's justice, God's <coughs> a God of judgment. God is a God of righteousness. And that, that message doesn't mean it counteracts God's love. It's actually in, emphasizes God's love, that God hates sin. And that God desires and demands that sin in our life is taken care of. And that anyone who hears God's word and hears what God has to say are going to be convicted of their sins. For the purpose not to make them miserable, for them to get right with God so God can have a close relationship with them. But anyone who comes in that is full of sins and gets pat on the head and said, God still loves you. You just smile the biggest smile. God accepts you how you are. By the way, God does accept you, but he also wants you to get your sins taken care of. 
Anyone who just gets a message pat on the head, peace, peace, when there is no peace, they walk away and they're hurt more than ever because their sins are not dealt with and they're not going to be able to get right with a holy, righteous God. That preacher is doing a disservice to them. Again, as we look at American Christianity, how much do we hear from the channels of TBN, Trinity Broadcasting, or any of those other ones? Don't listen to them. If you do, just turn it on, turn it off. They say how to smile your biggest smile, how to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. They do a lot of feel-good messages, self-help stuff, but none of it gets them closer to the Lord. It makes people feel good about their sin and not get right over their sin. And what happens when people are taught that you don't have to get your sins right? You don't have to approach God with holiness. You don't have to fix things. You could just come to God as you are. What happens is that they end up bringing God closer to them rather than them getting closer to God. What do I mean by that? What happens is that they start trying to bring God to our level. They start bringing God to a place where it's me and JC. And they said, he's my pal. He's my, you know, he is God. We have to be careful with how we treat God because he is still God. He is the creator of the universe and he is our judge. I know that he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, but he has never stopped being God. And we have to approach him with holiness and with clean hands. We don't bring him to our level and to bring him to make him like us. Notice if you don't mind, as God continues to speak about these false prophets, what is the problem with their preachers? They have immoral lifestyles to start with. They speak from their own hearts and not from God's word. They make those who even hate God feel good about their sins. Notice in verse number 21. I have not sent these prophets. That is a declarative statement. God says, I didn't send them. But notice what happened. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Here, they were never sent by God, but they looked for every opportunity they could to go and say, I speak for God. Let me give you something. Let me tell you what's on my heart. God says, I didn't send them. They're not representative of me. How many times are there false preachers everywhere that are trying to encourage people that they're sent from God, but then they come up with some false message? What is the false message they come up with? Notice with me in verse 25. I have heard what the prophet said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Now notice this. They say, I have a word from the Lord. I had a dream. They didn't tell the people that they had pepperoni pizza last night. But they said, I had a dream last night. And God spoke to me. Verse 26. How long shall this be in the heart? Here again, it speaks about the heart of the prophets. In the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies. Yea, they are prophets of deceit of their own hearts. So, here's what happens. Some big shot preacher in America. I had a dream last night and God spoke to me that I am commanded to bring a hospital. I need to build a hospital. And so if you love the Lord, you go ahead and send in your money to me now. You send it in now and we get this money and we'll create a hospital. And they send $50 million and then all of a sudden God told me to do something else and he pockets the $50 million. 
And it happens time. And there's one goofball who did it seven times and still hasn't built a hospital. He's been investigated. Doesn't that make all the other preachers look bad? People look at that goofball there and says, recent current events, a little bit old now. Some preacher said, I had a dream. I had a vision from the Lord that I need $54 million to have my own private plane so I don't have to ride with all the sinners in the airports. Cool, I guess. No, you're supposed to be a light and witness to the people. You're not separate among them. That's what he told his congregation. I had a word from the Lord. Buy me an airplane. That'd be nice. And people believe him because he's charismatic. He, gives, he makes me feel good. He's preaching lies and getting things from his own heart. And it's not from God's word. And God says it makes me sick. I didn't call that guy in the first place. He's a charlatan. And he's doing more harm than good. So what are the effects of their preaching? We've seen the problems with their preaching. What is the effects of their preaching? What happens because some false preacher preaches like this? Well, notice in verse 17. They say still unto them that despise me, the Lord has said, ye shall have peace. And they say every one that walketh after the imaginations of their heart, no evil shall come upon you. No judgment. God won't judge you for your sins. You're fine. What happens? The effects of the preaching is that false preaching takes away holy living. They no longer want to live for the Lord. This is why we have Christianity in such a state today that no one wants to live for the Lord. God just accepts me as I am. And I understand that you are accepted in the beloved once you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Savior. However, you still have to deal with your sins. God will not allow you to continue in your sins. He will not allow you to continue on. And again, the effect of it is that they actually bring God to our level. Either we're going to God or God is coming down to us. You want to watch me go ballistic you say, more than you already are in this message. Yes, you wanted me to go ballistic. You let me see one of those awful t-shirts that says, like a ketchup bottle. And it talks about God or Coca-Cola and, you know, do it God's way. Or, you know, and they bring God down to the profane. They bring him down to the common. Or, oh, some of my old preacher friends, punk-nosed kids who know everything, who are in the ministry, who like to mix Star Wars and... God together and put little memes together. They don't belong together. No, there should be separate. They don't mix together and just it doesn't mix. And what happens is that without holy preaching and Bible preaching, people think it's okay to bring God to our level. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? Nay, they were not ashamed. Neither could they blush. For they said, peace peace when there what is no peace. That's also in Jeremiah chapter 6 and chapter 8. Same thing. It talks about this over and over. That people think that they could bring God to our level. I can live however I want to. I could bring a picture of Jesus with me and I can go ahead and bring him to the bar, bring him to my seat and say, yay GC, hey we're having a good time. They get to the idea where things are mixing with the profane and they see nothing wrong with it. 
nothing wrong. I had someone not too long ago who said, one of my favorite movies is Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. By the way, if you don't know what's something wrong with Jesus Christ Superstar, may I show you there's a wonderful book that I would encourage you to read and to learn about the holiness of God. And that is not acceptable whatsoever. Not one stitch of it is acceptable. But people are lacking discernment today. They think all of it is fine. It's great. It's wonderful. By the way, people would rather get their theology from Hollywood than they would from actually reading the Bible for themselves. And preachers help them with that. I can't tell you why I get advertisements all the time. They're like, we have a brand new movie for you to show to your congregation. Pay this money and we'll give you the rights to show you this awful, horrible, wicked movie that says it's a Christian. No! Absolutely not. How about we go and open the Bible and say, thus saith the Lord. What else? What other effects does this have? Notice with me in verse 27. Which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. The type of preaching these false preachers have that talks about not holiness, talk about Picking yourself up by your bootstraps, self-help, how to keep your smile, all oh, the dream that I dream. What happens is that people don't look at God. They forget who God is. It makes them to take their thoughts away from the Lord. They're busy doing religious things, but they're not doing godly things. They're doing good things, possibly, but they're not doing godly things. And their mind is not in the Lord. Went to a church several years ago and uh, we were supposed to be advertising the chronological Bible. And I was kind of warned a little bit that these people will not buy it. Okay, why not? Well, you'll see. Well, we went and saw these people are mobilized. They work hard. They built the, the church building. was a huge church by themselves. They did their own contract and they, and they did a wonderful job. They did a lot about work but knew nothing about the Bible. And if they didn't know anything about the Bible, why would they buy another one? Why would they buy any? They don't have any interest in that. They're good people. They weren't evil people. But their thoughts weren't on anything of the Lord. And they didn't want to learn anything about the Lord because they were taught they were fine without it. That's what this false preaching does. Is it draws their minds far away from the Lord. In fact, notice with verse number 30. Therefore, so because of all of this, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor. That's a pretty big thing. God says, these prophets actually steal my words from this people. What, what are we saying about this? Their preaching actually makes people know less and less about who God is. Did you know a scary statistic is that the average person in the pew 30 years ago knows just as much as the average preacher does today. What's happening is that the knowledge of the Bible, the knowledge of God has actually gone downhill. 
They know less about God. They know less about the Bible. They know less about the stories of the Bible because of the false preaching. Well, let me tell you, last night I had a dream. And this dream was wonderful. And let me tell you, you be kind to your neighbor. You go ahead and shine yourself. You take some time for yourself. And the people are saying, Amen, preacher. Nothing about God. Nothing whatsoever about sin. Nothing whatsoever about reading your Bible, getting close to God, having a relationship with God. It's all self-help things. And now people know less and less about the Bible. We live now in a biblically illiterate society. We now live in a society where children don't know anything about Jesus. To take little kids and say, all right, kids, we're going to sing the B-I-B-L-E. And they go, what's that? My wife and I have knocked on apartments in, in some of the inner cities. And we started trying to talk to these kids about Jesus. And they go, who's that? This is America. This is what's happened to, because of the false preaching, is that don't, people don't know anything about the Bible anymore. We're no longer a biblically literate society. We're in a society where people don't know anything about God's word. And it's because of the false preaching. It's not because of the liberals. It's, not be, it's because of the false preaching that's gone on. That people know less and less about God's word. And people are confused by God's word. When someone actually preaches God's word, it's like, what in the world is this? Is this some new thing? Man, uh, people actually take the word of God and preach it. It's been amazing when people say, I've never heard someone preach the way that you do. Is this a new teaching? This, this, is, this is how it's supposed to be done. They think it's like I'm starting some new fad. No, this is how it's supposed to be. Notice in verse 32. Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. This word lightness is important. It carries the idea of making light, making vain, making empty. And this is where they make light of holy things. They make light of Christianity. They make light of heavenly things. Oh, it's no big deal. This is where they try to... I'm trying not to get too many stories, but unfortunately there's so many stories that are true. My wife and I were at a church trying to help out and they decided they were going to have a um, have the girls of the youth group put on a Christmas play. That's fine. We're all for that. We try to encourage that. So this is what the teenagers came up with. They came up with someone who was Mary carrying the baby Jesus. And the rest of the town was gossiping against her. And they just did the gossiping, gossiping. Oh, let me see Mary, whatever. And then over. That was it. They just took that time so they could demonstrate gossiping. They didn't say it was wrong. They just, there's Mary. You see what? She just did something. And they were just practicing. They just, they loved, they got into the gossiping part. And then they cut it off. Yeah, that's our play. Okay. And they were almost promoting the gossip rather than condemning it. They were making light of the whole thing. It was more of a laughing stock and ha ha ha. Instead of understanding there was a seriousness here. And this was talking about the unborn Christ who was going to be taking away our sins. And nothing about that whatsoever. And that was a good church. 
What about the empty, vain churches that throw their rock concerts on, that throw on the other stuff, that make people feel good, and they get the lighters out, and they feel good about themselves, and they walk out, and they didn't hear anything about God's Word. I had a lady tell me just a couple weeks ago, the only way that she could learn God's Word is if it's hitting her emotionally through a song. That's how she learns God's Word, is if the song really hits me. Well, good. What song did God speak to you about? Well, just the one that moves me. Well, what about... eh? Okay, cool, great, wonderful. And again, they all look at me like I'm the confusing one. <laughs> it's the result. Those people are not the cause. They're the result of empty, vain preaching. It causes them to err in living. Verse 32. Behold, I'm against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord. And do tell them and cause my people to err by their lies, by their lightness. Yet I have sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. Oh, they're making vain things that are not in the Bible. Lightness that are making things light and vain. It's making it worse. And if we can look at American Christianity, has Christianity hurt the world or has the world hurt the church? I'm afraid it's Christianity that's hurt the world. It has affected the world. It has hurt them so badly because they look at Christians and laugh. It's no longer what it should be. We no longer have the stand. We no longer have the influence anymore. Notice as it goes on, verse 37. Now, I don't have to make this stuff up. I'm just reading a passage. This is what God has to say about this. Verse 36. And the burden of the Lord shall ye mention no more. This idea of burden, this word burden, has uh, two ideas. And both of them are carried out in this passage here. The first idea of burden is an oracle or burden of the lips. It's someone who is saying something. I've got something I need to say. And then there's the burden of the shoulder. This is the idea that it weights it down. Now notice this as it uses the word burden in here, in this passage. It says, and the burden of the Lord shall ye mention no more. Now this idea of the burden of the Lord is their idea, I got a word from the Lord. Our charismatic friends say that today, that when they speak in tongues, they say, I've got a word from the Lord. I've got something that God's given me. The Bible is a closed revelation. We don't have any more word from the Lord. But it says, I got a burden for the Lord. I got a word from the Lord. Ye shall mention no more. God says, don't do it. For every man's word shall be his burden. Notice this. It talks about that because they claimed a burden from the Lord, they're going to get a burden on the shoulders. And the burden of the Lord shall you mention no more, for every man's word shall be his burden. For you have perverted the words of the living God, of the Lord of hosts, our God. You need to be very careful. Now again, we're talking about false preaching. We're talking about the we're talking about the mistakes and we're talking about the errors that they made and the effects of it. That what's going to happen is because of the false preaching, it puts a bigger burden on the people. It's going to make it worse. There's going to be more judgment, more consequences, less people being reached, loved ones that are going to die and go to hell because of their weak, pathetic, milk toast Christianity. 
And that is going to be a horrible consequence one day. Well, we talked about the false preaching. We've seen the effects of false preaching. What about the proper form of preaching? Does the Bible say anything in this passage about how we are supposed to preach? What is biblical preaching? Well, if you don't mind, let's see. Verse number 22. But if they had stood in my counsel, now remember verse 21, it talked about God hadn't sent these prophets, but yet they ran. Verse number 22, but if they had stood, these prophets had stood in my counsel and caused my people to hear my words, then they, the people, should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. What do we find here? Biblical preaching changes lives. If we just preach God's word, God's word will do a work and change lives. I'm just supposed to declare what God's word says. God's word has enough power. I don't have to come up with a message. I just have to preach God's word and trust that God's word will do a work. Every time the Bible is open, God is expecting to do something in someone's life to draw them clear, to expose sin, to show them something they're supposed to do. God's word changes lives. And here they said, even if the false preachers who didn't even believe me, whatever, if they just opened up the Bible, then God's word would still have done something. Because God's word is powerful enough. Preaching changes lives. Notice if you don't mind as we hit verse 23. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God far off? Now that's a powerful statement. God's asking a question. Now of course theologically we say, of course God's near us. But he's saying in comparison, it's almost like the preachers are preaching like God's so far away and he doesn't see what we're doing. God sees what you're doing. I heard someone say the other day that God looks on the inside of the heart, not the outside of the heart. He doesn't care what we wear. Really? It says a lot about clothing in the Bible. But do you not think that if someone came to me and said, preacher, I need some counseling, and they set an appointment, and they come in, and they see me at my desk, and I'm leaned back, and I'm wearing some shorts, and I'm wearing an ACDC t-shirt, and I have a big cigar, and go, yeah, man, how can I help you? Don't you think that would affect my influence some? You bet it will. Does clothes matter in that case? It does. But they were trying to make it say, it doesn't matter what you wear. God sees the inside. What, God's blind on the outside too? I mean, that's what they're trying to make it sound like. Well, the same thing with these false preachers here. It's like, God's so far away, he doesn't care what we do. It's just, you know, we can do our own thing. No, God's right here and he's watching. And we need to make people aware that God is here and that he sees everything we do. Verse 24, can a man, can any hide himself in secret places that I cannot see him, saith the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth? You know what biblical preaching does? Biblical preaching brings us to the awareness that God sees everything and we're going to give an account to him. We have an accountability to the Lord. He sees everything we do. There's, you may think you could go in your room and turn off the lights and your parents won't see you. But let me tell you, God can see in the dark. God can see everything you do. There's not a location you can go that God cannot see. You may try to erase your internet browser, but God already saw what you were looking at. God sees it all. He sees what you're listening to. He sees your thoughts. 
We have a God who sees everything. He is not afar off. He's not hiding. He's not somewhere else. He's not in the other room. He sees what we do and we're going to have to give an account to him. Biblical preaching brings us to the place where we realize there is a real God that we have to face. He sees everything here and it should bring us to an accountability of him. What else about biblical preaching? Verse number 28. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. Now, in this idea of dream, you could put in parentheses for your own idea, thoughts and opinions. The prophet that hath a dream or thoughts and opinions, let him tell a thought of opinion. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chapter of the week? Now, here, it's saying here. That if you have a thought, you have opinion, and by the way, we do from time to time. I'm not supposed to preach my thoughts and opinions. But if I do say, you know what? The Bible doesn't say, thus saith the Lord on this. But through the study, this is what I believe. It is proper to say, this is what I believe. And make it different from, this is what God's word says. And that there should be a difference. And it should be clearly. But however, what people do is they put their thoughts and opinions and make it sound like it's exactly what the Bible said. For example, someone said, it doesn't matter what Bible you use. Is that opinion or is that biblical fact? That's an opinion. But if you teach that like biblical fact, will someone believe you? Absolutely. That's just one example. People do that all the time. We have to be very clear that we always have a biblically defensible position. What do I mean by that? That means anything we say, anything we do, we should be able to open the Bible and defend it from the Bible. How about your salvation? How do you know that you're going to heaven? Well, I said a prayer someday. Okay, nice. Can you defend that from the Bible? When we have a biblically defensible position, I should be able to take the Bible and say, I'm going to heaven because this is what it says here. Everything we say and everything we do should have a biblically defensible position. Why do I do this? How come we do it this way? Why do we do it like this in the church? Let me show you. We should always have a biblically defensible position for what we say and what we do. By the way, you have to know the Bible to have a biblically defensible position. But people give their thoughts and opinions all the time and make it sound like it's scripture. And that is very, very dangerous. People do not come to hear my thoughts. They don't care what my opinions are. People who love the Bible, love God, want to hear what the Bible has to say about the matter. And that we need to be very clear. Again, there may be time to time where I can say, all right, I've studied this. And as we're preaching this, I want to tell you, this is what I believe to be true. That's good. I've made it clear. And then we say, this is what the Bible says. We need to be very clear. That's what biblical preaching does. It should be very clear on what, God, what, is God word, what is God's word and what is our opinion. What else about biblical preaching? Verse number 29 is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. What do we learn here? God's word can do its own work. Something that helped me when I was a young preacher boy, when someone pulled me aside and said this, God never promised to bless my preaching. But he did promise to bless his word. And so the more of God's word that's in it, the more that I could expect God to use it. The most important thing that I did in this message was to say, please take your copy of the word of God and open with me. And we read God's word. 
Because God's word can do its own work. I don't have to explain it away. I don't have to justify it. I don't have to defend it. We just have to let God's word do its own work. And God's word will do its own work. Just let it loose. Give them God's word. Nobody needs to preach opinion. I am against. I am against. I'm against. And I maybe offend a preacher friend who watches this later. I don't care. I am against which someone opens up the Bible, says, read this verse, now close your Bibles and listen to me. I'm against it. Because it should be about God's word. It doesn't matter what I say, it matters what God's word says. And we're looking to see what God's word, because God's word will do its own work. What else about biblical preaching? Well, notice with me verse 34. And as for the prophet and the priest and the people that say, the burden of the Lord, remember it says, I got a word from the Lord, I will even punish that man in his house. So instead of using, I received a word from the Lord, I want to tell you what's on my heart. You know what the Bible told me to do? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, resort with all long-suffering doctrine. I am commanded to preach the word. Not, well, last night I had a pepperoni pizza. I have been to preaching classes where they said, you know what you need to do as a preacher? Is you just need to be aware and there's inspiration everywhere. And you may go out and see a beautiful butterfly and that beautiful butterfly inspire you. And you can come up with a whole message on that butterfly. Great, wonderful, God told me to preach God's word. Preach the word. I am astounded, just baffled. Sometimes preachers will get a hold of me. And again, forgive me if you're listening. And they'll call Saturday night. Preacher, I don't have a message for tomorrow. You got something for me? How about just open up somewhere and just preach? Just open up the Bible. Just do that. I'll give them something if they want. But I'm astounded. I don't have to come up with a message. It, that takes the weight off of me. Just open the Bible, read the text, explain the text, apply the text. The burden's off of me. I don't have to come up with a creative message. It is amazing to watch. You can learn a lot about a preacher by their titles. We uh, had a church nearby in Tennessee uh, that advertised a message, French Fried Kids. Never figured out what that message is about. But that's what it was. Sunday's message. French fried kids. Who knows? Someone said maybe it's on the Valley of Tophet. I don't even know if they know what the Valley of Tophet was. So I doubt that. We had someone come to us once and said. One of my favorite messages in all the world. I'll never forget it. Is that the preacher brought up ketchup bottles. And he put them up here. And he preached on the ketchup bottle. Great. What did you learn from the Bible about that? I remember the ketchup bottles. Great. Wonderful. God commanded us to preach his word. I don't have to be inventive and creative. I don't have to come up with some new way. I just have to preach the word. Read the text. Explain the text. Apply the text. Oh, burdens are lifted at Calvary. I don't have to bear myself down and come up with something. I don't have to invent something. He's already got it here. God's word could do it a lot better than I could. We need to, instead of receiving a word from the Lord, we should preach God's actual word. What else do we see? Verse 37. What shall thou say to the prophet? 
What hath the Lord answered thee? And what hath the Lord spoken? Notice this. As the congregation is going there. Thou shalt say to the prophet. What hath the Lord answered thee? And what hath the Lord spoken? What we should be looking for. Is what does God's word says. The people should be at the idea where they're looking for God's word being preached. And by the way, my desire, my prayer is that y'all are so spoiled with biblical preaching that if someone came up and didn't preach God's word, you could say, well, that was a nice message, but I wish he preached the Bible. That's the kind of desire that we have. By the way, we've got people who've moved on, moved out of state, whatever else. They'll often come and say, man, we really miss your preaching. We really miss what was said. We miss someone just taking the Bible and opening it up. Unfortunately, it's not everywhere. It should be. This isn't some new thing. I didn't come up with it. This is how it's always supposed to have been. God's word will do its work. And it's amazing in Jeremiah's day, he's having the same problem as they're having today. Is they're having all these preachers who are preaching their own ideas, their own thoughts, their own things, just to build a crowd, just to get people to listen. And the effect of it is that no one wants to listen to biblical preaching. No one wants to get right with God. And because of that, the whole nation was destroyed. And it wasn't for the lack of preachers. It was what the preachers were preaching. Let me tell you, America's at the place where nobody wants to listen to biblical preaching. The Christians want to have their concert. They want to have the good time. And they want to go back to their sin. And then America's going to be destroyed. And they say, what happened? Why did this happen to us? Because God's people are not living the way that God desired them to be. And we have no influence over a nation anymore. Nobody cares about offending a Christian. Nobody is afraid of what happens if a Christian is offended. Because normally it's the Christians now that are being offended. And they're not standing for truth. Because they don't read the Bible. They don't know what the Bible says. And let me tell you, it is a result of false preachers. You say, what do I do with such a thing? My desire is that you fall in love with biblical preaching. Don't get tired of it. What do you do with this? Pray for your preacher. Because if I'm not in God's word, this whole thing falls apart. Pray that I stay in my Bible. Pray that my Bible reading is coming alive. Pray that I stay preaching what the word of God says. Because it's always under attack. Fall in love with the Bible. And look forward to what the Bible has to say. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero 
6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.